Welcome to Different from the Other Kids, a weekly podcast for parents of challenging children with your host, Angela Sunis, author of the Amazon best-selling book, Different from the Other Kids. Each week, Angela interviews an individual or professional within the mental health community. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Angela, your podcast host, Different from the Other Kids. I am thrilled today to be joined by one of our parents, a contributor from our first book, Different from the Other Kids, a book of interviews for parents of challenging children. Her name is Julie. She is from the dynamic duo of Ian and Julie, the parents of Sophie. Just to give you a recap, had three chapters in that original book. The first one being Getting Lost in the System, part one. The next chapter, the second part, The last interview is entitled Takes Two. You'll get a great lowdown of what has been happening with Sophie up until that point if you take a look in our first book. And they were recorded in August 2013. So we are just about to publish our third book and we have invited Julie back to give us an update on how Sophie is doing now. So we are a couple years down the road and things have been certainly challenging for this family. So I'll let Julie explain it to you. She is always a wonderful contributor to the program and I really appreciate that she's here. What is difficult is getting a parent to share when they're in the middle of a very difficult time because there are so many other things that you have to deal with. The reason that I'm so grateful is I've been through that part and I've never had to recount my story like this. And you coming forward to recount your story at this particular period of time is more heroic than even your your help with uh, the interviews in the past. Because, as I say, you're in the thick of it right now. So let's go back a little bit, if you wouldn't mind. Let me frame it, actually, first. Uh, it was a little bit more than oh, a year ago. Okay. It was um, November 2015. Okay, terrific. Okay, and a lot has changed, and I haven't bothered Julianne in for an interview because I didn't want to get in the middle of it, but it doesn't seem to be stopping very well for you. I thank you very much for coming, Julie, and if you wouldn't mind, just give us that summary, and then we can transition into eventually what's happening now. Hmm. Okay, so last time we were talking, Sophie was in the public school system. She had moved from being in the private school and was doing okay and still struggling at home. But Sophie had um, completed the dialectal behavior therapy and we were using those skills and we thought things were getting a little bit better. Does that summarize it Mm -hmm. decently? Yes. Yes? Okay, so that's okay, so that's where you were and things started changing pretty much from that point, didn't it? Uh, it did. Sophie met a boy and he was an older boy and he brought with him substances. Mm-hmm. So she started using marijuana and drinking on a pre- pretty re- regular basis and stopped going to school. Just completely stopped. So she was almost finished her first semester and was set to earn probably, I don't know, maybe four or five credits. And she just stopped going, didn't write any of her exams. So she accomplished nothing that whole semester and just wouldn't go to school. Well, actually, that's not accurate. She would go to school. She just wouldn't go into the classroom. So they had a hangout place 
in the in the building and they would just all hang out there and sneak out and smoke their pot and just have a good old time. Okay, so she was effectively just going to school to meet up with her friends and party. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And how did that start turning around? I assume that the school jumped in. The school jumped in. They were great. We worked really hard with them to find something that would work for Sophie. And they got her a co-op at a local equestrian center. And she seemed to be really pleased about it. But then day number one came and she refused to go. So eventually the school said, okay, no more. And they put her in an alternative education program. But the the attendance problem carried on. So if she's in this other program... Is she still in the same school environment, or did they have to switch schools to do that? They switched schools entirely. Okay. So she was put into a much smaller school with a lot more one-on-one, um, sort of no place to hide. Uh, if you were there, you were you were there, and you would have to be working. So she just got around that by just not going. And the other thing that happened in early 2016 was the verbal and physical abuse towards Ian and I uh, was raging on to the point where she had thrown a pair of pliers at Ian and we pressed charges really just with just just wanting to send a message you know you can't do this that you know there's big consequences for this kind of thing so she did get some police involvement and they put her in what they call the diversion program Mm -hmm. where you have conditions that and expectations that you're um, to to meet, and she didn't do them again. So eventually, and how long was that after she switched schools and then wouldn't go to the equestrian? Is that a couple of months? Couple this, of months. Okay. Yeah. The other thing that happened was early 2016, right after the charges were laid, we also got her into a residential treatment program. And it took a lot to get her there, but we finally got her there thinking that this was going to be helpful and fix what was wrong. And a residential treatment program being exactly what? As close as you can... It was a group home geared towards mental health issues. There was eight girls in the home, and it is fully staffed by child and youth workers. And the main therapy there was the dialectal behavior therapy where they sort of described it as you know even if you weren't engaging in the therapy it was just your experience because that's how the staff would deal with you always mm-hmm. so so she went there for a period of time then she went there for four months and she was actually removed from that program because she was abusive with a staff member she threw a garbage can at her in anger and that staff member charged her with assault with a weapon. So that got her in lots of trouble. Mm-hmm. So police came. She was arrested. She went into a holding cell overnight. She appeared in court the next day with shackles on her ankles. And just, you know, parents' worst nightmare. Oh, my God. Talk was, about it. It's like out of a movie. It was awful. And so she was, she wasn't sentenced right away. And I can't exactly remember how this played out. But she was held in custody for two weeks while they were waiting for her sentencing date. Okay. I think that's how it goes. But I know she was in custody for two weeks. And custody means she had to spend time in the jail. It could mean a jail, but it wasn't a jail. It was what they call a custody house. Oh. 
and it was it was certainly custody. It was like jail. Like you know, she wasn't allowed to have a pair of shoes there because mm. you know they were looking for a deterrent for escape. She had to be inside. She could only go outside with a staff member, and only after you know a certain number of days and earning the privilege. And wow, yeah, and it was it was awful. Yeah. Okay. So so she's there for four months. Go on from there. Of what happened as a result of those things, if you can. So she gets released from the custody house, mm-hmm. and she's released on what they say, you know, your own recognizance. And she's got some conditions of her release. And the conditions were things like, you know, you have to adhere to a curfew, can't use any non-prescription drugs or alcohol, you can't carry a weapon. She had to reside wherever her parents said she needed to reside. And the the one that they always have in court, which I never heard before all of this, is to keep the peace and be of good behavior. Oh, is that a thing? That's a thing. Okay. I didn't know that until recently. That. <laughs> That's a new one? Yeah. On me, at least. I don't know. Yeah. So we picked her up from the custody house, and she immediately connects with her people, this boy. Her and people. Her people. <laughs> and off she goes, and she starts partying. And so Ian and I, we, we try so hard to manage it for two weeks. Like, we just don't know what to do, and she's... She's using and drinking to excess, and she's hurting herself physically. She has an accident on a bicycle, and we have to call the ambulance. Was she was she inebriated at the time? Totally impaired. Mm. And she and she hit a truck. She drove into a truck on a bicycle. Mm-hmm. Like it could have been so much worse. And mm-hmm. she wasn't wearing a helmet, so she was just like making really really bad choices and just putting herself in great danger. Really, we endure this for two weeks. We're trying to manage it. And then we call the lawyer that had represented her, and we're looking for some help, and she said... Is that a public defender? I just don't know who represents kids in that situation. She was the criminal lawyer that represented Sophie at her sentencing, and we phoned her, and we asked, you know, what what we could do, and so she was um, advising us that we we could return Sophie to the court and revoke our assurity. Oh, I'm using wow. all words that wow. I didn't know. Until... You're a quick study. I know. You're a quick study with all the mental health terminology too. Yeah. So yeah, you got a whole you got a whole background now in legal. I have learned a lot. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> you poor thing. Oh. So we're tempted to go and revoke the assurity, really because we think that she's going to hurt herself or somebody else because she's just so out of control. Um, but then we come up with this alternative plan. There's a camp that Sophie has attended in previous years, which I may have talked about in previous interviews, called Camp Kodiak. So we propose to Sophie that we are either going to revoke our assurity, which means that she's going back into the custody house, or she can go back to Camp Kodiak, which is a three-week residential camp that is geared towards special needs and mental health kind of kids. So she actually struggles with this. Which is very amusing to us and <laughs> sort of not really amusing, but you gotta laugh sometimes. Hashtag funny, not funny. That's right. <laughs> and has a conversation with her lawyer. Um, and the lawyer, you know, Sophie, this is absolutely no contest. Of course, you know, you should go to the camp because it's going to look very bad to the judge if you choose to go back into custody versus going to this camp. And maybe this is gonna be really great. So she goes and she does great. Really, really great. Has a great time. 
And she comes back and she looks so much better because she is now sober. Mm -hmm. And so she looks like the kid that I remember mm -hmm. before all the drugs and alcohol came into the picture. So when she returns, we also say to her that we're not going to go back to the public high school because that was a massive fail and that we're going to re-enroll her in the private school. The hoops that you've been jumping through yeah. in the last, how many months, 14? Yes. Wow. Okay, sorry, go on. That's okay. Wow. It's a full-time job. Okay, so <laughs> we send her to the private school, and the first couple of months are okay, and then she starts skipping mm -hmm. class there again. Boyfriend is still on the scene, and he has now turned 18, so he is no longer in school, and he is not working, so he is around, and she can't, you know, resist the urge to go and be with him. And how old is Sophie right now, as we're speaking? She's, she's 16 right now. So then one day at the school, she stole another student's iPhone. And she proceeded to use the iPhone. She sort of wiped out all the kids' data, um, started using the iPhone. And then one day I got an email from the school saying that this iPhone had been lost. Hmm. <laughs> and as soon as I saw the email, I went, oh, uh-oh. And so I did a little investigating and, and checked Wi-Fi network. Mm -hmm. And I saw that there was this new device that was connected to our network. I investigated a little bit. I found the phone. And we took it back to the school. And the owner of the phone decided not to proceed with charges. But because all of this has happened and because of the poor attendance and now the theft of the phone, the school decides we're going to part ways. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy because we've spent all this money, yeah. right? And you don't get your money back from a private school. And oh, she, you don't? No. And she hadn't accomplished anything at that point. Um, but they did let her write... Um, a science exam, so it, which she got 44% on, but because she had enough work in the bucket, oh, so mm -hmm. to speak, so mm -hmm. she got one credit out of the whole thing. I think I skipped a bit from before um, to say that she is also now on probation, and she, her probation order now says that she must go to school. So this is different than the other order when she was released on her own recognizance. We go to the probation officer and we say, okay, so now she's been expelled from school and it's up to him to place her in a new school. So he has placed her at a school, which is actually in the John Howard Society. Do you know what the John Howard mm -hmm. Society is? So the John Howard Society is like a crime prevention organization. So they work with the kids that are on diversion programs to alter the course of, you know, any sort of criminal activity and help kids get back on track. So they have like a little school in the basement of their building and there's only eight kids and all of the kids in the program are, you know, in trouble on probation. And that is where she now goes to school. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to, right now, just because it's a natural break, because we've taken a breath, I'm going to sign off for now and thank Julie very much for coming. And I am quite confident that the next part of our program, when you guys drop back in, is gonna be as interesting and uh, nail-biting as it was the first time. <laughs>
Poor Julie. Poor Ian. <laughs> ridiculous. Poor Sophie, really. I know. Oh, dear. Okay, so uh, parents, thanks so much for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to Different from the Other Kids, made possible with the support of Burlington Fitness and Racket Club. Why go to a gym when you can be part of a club? You can find them online at www.burlingtonfitness.ca. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. And now a disclaimer. In general, I, Angela Sunis, am not a doctor, and I certainly don't play one on the internet. I'm a parent, period. The advice from me presented on different from the other kids does not replace advice received directly from a medical health professional. If you think you need help, I do recommend making an appointment with your physician or other appropriate health care provider.